We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw, we go tit for tat, we have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose and Ruins podcast. This episode number 17, if I'm not mistaken, Matthew, joined now by Matt Rooney. I am Joe Musso. Matt, it's a special Lunar Eclipse edition of the Moose and Runes podcast. We're about uh, an hour and 45 minutes away from the eclipse beginning and uh, another hour and a half away from what they're calling totality, Matt. So are you feeling aligned today? Are you feeling one with the stars? Sure. 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 So Let's go with that. Yeah, sure. You're really tapped into the cosmos I today? I couldn't be more into it. I think my sign is Aquarius. Okay. I think I'm feeling that more today. It was maybe. the age of Aquarius. Uh, that's a song, Joe. <laughs> it was it was a song, Matt. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, it's a special day uh, across the United States and the world. I think I don't know where this is visible. I know that Lincoln, Nebraska, is like the hottest place in the world right now. People are traveling from other countries to here because. Well, the, there's like a belt, like they, there's like a line uh-huh. that goes across the belt that goes Ill- across the country. In Illinois, I think it's down in Carbondale. They were saying, Car- yeah, Car- the further south you go in Illinois, yeah. and then actually the the point in the United States where totality, where like the full eclipse will last the longest, is in Beatrice, Nebraska, about an hour south of me. They're going to get like two and a half minutes of an eclipse. You're going to head down for it? Uh, I'm not. I'm going to stick here in Lincoln and uh, see what. Um, Maybe head See down. what the capital city has to offer. So uh, I don't know, Joe. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Uh, full high school tie-in here. Top player in Nebraska headed to Nebraska. Tight end linebacker hybrid goes to Beatrice High School. So there's your sports tie-in to Beatrice and the Lunar Eclipse. And that was Talking Nebraska. Cameron Jergens, Look him up. Kid's going to be a stud. I'm sure you're right. Uh, well, we're going to jump into the sports here, Matt. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more Eclipse later, but um, there's plenty to talk about this week. Chicago Bears back at it, week two of their preseason, playing a team that was playing their third preseason game and came out with the W in Arizona. Uh, what were some of your takeaways from the game? I, I'm I'm really tempering um, after that first week where we got a little bit excited about things. Uh, I'm dialing myself back here and just kind of taking everything at face value. What did you like and what did you not like? from the Bears uh, on Saturday? Well, first off, I didn't like that we only saw Mitch Trubisky throw the ball eight times. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't – I understand not starting him throughout the year. I understand, you know, sheltering him from first-team reps and all that stuff. But this is – I mean, this is the time where he should be throwing the ball and getting, you know, getting as many reps as possible. I know Mark Sanchez technically has to get reps, but I think they kind of handled that the right way. I think he played one series or so. He threw the ball twice, Sanchez. And I know Mike – uh, Mike Glennon's the starter at this point, and we'll will be for the first couple of weeks. But Mike Glennon doesn't need, you know, a first half of of starting for, yeah, know, in, in the preseason. He's he's been there before. Mitch Trubisky needs these reps, and you kind of need to figure out where he is. It, it, we had a better idea after week one, and while he looked again good again this week and week two, I mean, it's, it's still just eight throws, six for eight, such a small sample size. See, that doesn't bother me as much as. Um as maybe it bothers you, but what bothers me is the fact that we are almost resigned to Mike Lennon being the starter. He's done nothing in the first two preseason weeks, and I, I haven't seen any practice or kind of been entrenched in the day-to-day, but he hasn't done anything to prove to me that he is a starting quarterback in the NFL for the Chicago Bears, for whoever it may be. 
There's a reason. I've said this before. There's a reason he was not on a roster last year, and we're seeing those reasons come to light now. If he does start game one and things continue in the preseason the way they are, it will be so evident to me that this is a front office that won't resign themselves to their mistakes. They are so stubborn. They made this decision. It's a financial commitment to this man for, yes, only one year, but they made this commitment and they won't admit their wrongdoing because Mike Lennon is not the first best quarterback on this roster. He might not even be the second best or third best. He might be the worst quarterback on this roster right now, and he's going to start because of a front office that wants to stand pat and won't admit their wrongdoing. That's how it's starting to look to me. I'm kind of with you, but I will. I think you were more right or right on when you said if he looks like this after week one, because the same reason we can't get too all excited about Trubisky, I think, is the same reason why we can't, or why we might want to, is mm-hmm. too down about Mike Lennon in the preseason. While he threw a brutal, brutal pick six mm-hmm. uh, in the red zone against Arizona last week, he, he still finished something like 13 of 18, made a couple nice throws. It wasn't the disaster that the Denver. Uh, yeah. Denver first two, first series or two he got was he, but he did throw that he did throw that pick to Honey Badger and that wasn't even okay you make a bad decision a bad throw in the red zone area that's punishable by being benched like during the regular season that's that's a bad decision that you can't make I got over it the next ball that left his hand should have been picked as well that's what bothered me fair enough is his lack of bounce back ability to get his head right and that leads me to my next point which is. You know, quarterbacks, great quarterbacks, and it's, it's a slippery slope when you start talking about intangibles like the ism, the it factor. Um, can you see it in a guy's eyes? You can see it in Tom Brady's eyes. Matt Ryan looks extremely uh, quarterbackial. He is, he's a guy you can look to to lead your team. Um, you got even an Andrew Luck who struggled last year. He knows how to get in front of the podium and be big. Uh, you got a Cam Newton who's there's no one bigger personality-wise. These guys that are leaders of their team, and Mike Lennon just kind of looks like a pushover to me. He doesn't look like someone who could even lead the team for five weeks if you need him to do that. You know who else is a guy like that? Like, not obviously anywhere near the talent level, but just has that feel to him, has that look in his eye, guy who's been there before. Hmm. It's actually Mark Sanchez. And as, yeah. as, as, as bad as things have turned from him after that, you know, kind of storybook start to the career with, I think it was, what, two AFC championship title games? Was yeah. there? He, uh, he's obviously gone way down, but he's he's much cheaper option. He's apparently great in the quarterback room, and that's why he's here. He's been fantastic for Trubisky. He's kind of been able to guide him kind of down the – basically let him know where he went wrong as a rookie and try and steer Trubisky the other way. I yeah. think has been, been some of the things mentioned. But Sanchez seems like a guy who could probably take the mantle and start at quarterback for five weeks, six weeks until Mitch is ready. And I, I think – in hindsight, the Bears are absolutely regretting the you know paying only eighteen, only eighteen million, but eighteen million yeah. guaranteed to Mike Lennon for this year. No, um, no. It, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish your point. Yeah, I just I, I I would like to see if things continue to go wrong for Glennon and Trubisky's not ready. Maybe just cut bait with Glennon and, and let I'm, let Sanchez said, ride. I know it's you know it's it's not necessarily just the front office being stubborn. Maybe it's you know you don't want to develop a bad reputation with free agents and. It, yeah, you, you do have to consider that. You sign Mike Lennon to a three-year deal. Granted, it's only a one-year real commitment. If you cut him five weeks into that deal, 
that might yeah, rub know, some wrong tweener free agents the wrong it's, way. It's not something that has to be done right now. I'm not worried about what future free agents think about us cutting a guy who doesn't have the aptitude to play football, frankly. Yeah. I, I just I think that you know, when we say there's a reason that uh, there's a reason that Glennon wasn't on a roster last year. There's a reason that Mark Sanchez has been on a, on a roster every single year since his rookie season. While he might not be an A1 quarterback, he's good for a room, like you said. He knows the game. He's smart. He can play the role of big brother. He's been a backup, a career backup, but a solid two option on a team somewhere because of that air about him. That might be the reason why one guy's always been on a roster and the other hasn't. If he if he didn't have the butt fumble, <laughs> that was that was a funny. damning that was a damning experience. It, it, it's funny to look back on. It's hilarious to watch every time. But if he didn't have that butt fumble, would he be made fun of and kind of mocked every time he signed to be a backup quarterback somewhere? Because uh, I, I feel I mean, like ever since then he's always like, ah, they're picking up Sanchez. Remember the butt fumble? That was he's like one of the a, first. That was one of the first like viral sports moments. I feel like where it doesn't doesn't matter if you were a sports fan or you were. A woman who watches The View every morning, you saw the butt fumble. Part, I mean, that's when social media started really picking up. It started up, growing right around up there, that yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of players who need to be cut from the Chicago Bears, Roberto Aguayo's first <laughs> oh, kick God, I feel bad looked like kid. a hazel rocket four iron into the right woods. That was that did not look like a ball coming off of a professional kicker's foot. Uh, is, is this is this a... Uh, is this kind of a, a two-week stint here for Aguayo? Do we think that... Yeah, um, I don't think they're cutting him yet, just because uh, they'll probably let him kick, and they'll just need maybe another body um, in camp <laughs> and, and when they roll into week three. But my, my God, he's got to be just so <laughs> mentally... Something's got to be wrong between the years. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't know if it was being a second-round pick. I don't know if it was the fact that the Bucks traded up for him. I, don't, I, I really don't know what changed from when he was arguably the greatest kicker in college football history. To yeah, because not much changed. He went from Tallahassee to Tampa. Yeah, I, I don't know the exact distance. The but. thing that with these kicks, too, it's it's not like he's just having a tough time adjusting to the little bit narrower goalposts and missing just barely left or right. I mean, he's coming nowhere close. They're coming. They're coming. Even if that kick the other night was down the center, it might have hit the crossbar. It was so low. I don't it know how just, it made it through the line. It's, it's, it's almost sad to see because it's like, this kid is just so mentally out of it and gone, and it's just such a far fall from how mm-hmm. high up he was and so quickly. And it's just it's it's funny because I don't think there's much funnier in sports than a brutally bad kick. Yeah. Those are just hilarious to me to see when they just take a right turn out of nowhere. You almost feel for the kid, though. Too, you do. I feel bad for him because he got I, cut you, in Tampa. Did you watch the Hard Knocks of him getting cut? You know, I didn't watch that yet. The, the clip I've seen from Hard Knocks was he was kicking, having, you know, lining up for a kick at the end of practice or something. I don't remember which defensive player it was, but was walking up. Yeah, he's like, he's wide missing left, this one. It, he's missing left. this one. And then he missed it wide left. And but, then Guado, no, you can kind of see he's like laughing there with some pain behind his eyes. In in the meeting room, he did look, um, he looked shook. He looked like he knew it was coming, but at the same time, he didn't have many words. So this is, this is a guy who's really struggling with... Um, I think some identity issues and that's carrying over right on to right onto his right foot. And it's not going to be good for his career moving forward. Maybe he should just look- get away from football for a year and, and then try it, try and come back if he really, really wants to figure it out because, um, you know, See kickers somebody. are always, kickers are always, 
uh, at a premium. You know, there's not a lot of great kickers out there. So, and that's um, why the Bucks did what they did. And people laughed at them. And it was a little bit early to reach up. But if if that pick would have mm-hmm. worked out, I don't think it would have been too early to trade up and then take for how good of a prospect he was supposed to be. Yeah. Well, Matt, we've gone negative here a little bit with the Bears. Let's get back on a positive note. Let's let's talk about a little bit more about Trubisky. He was six for eight for sixty yards and a touchdown. One thing that struck me that I've really liked to see in these first two games is he is outstanding on the move. And I didn't know he was as fleet of foot as he is. I went back and looked at the numbers. He ran the same 40-yard dash at the combine as Deshaun Watson. I believe they were both 4'6'3 guys or 4'6'7 guys, something like that. Wow, I didn't know that. He He can absolutely move when he's getting downhill and the ability to be accurate when rolling out. He's really showed that off and impressed me with that in the first two preseason games here. Yeah, I... Didn't I watched some of them at North Carolina, and I guess I never really picked up on. I that saw nothing. Or yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I I saw the. I'm a college football junkie, Joe. I know you're usually at Nebraska watching, you know, covering games, so you're not yeah. able to. I'm a big. Uh, I, I watch whatever's on TV in North Carolina. It's usually on, you know, ESPN two or whatever, just about every mm-hmm. week, every other week. So I got to watch a decent amount of them, but I just, I guess, I never really figured out how fast he was and how oh, well yeah. he moved. But I, I'm with you totally. He looks really, really good on those rollouts and throws really, really accurately on, on the run, which is huge in the NFL. Yeah, there was, uh, I think it was a third down play. It was like third and four, and he eluded the rush and zipped one out to, uh, I forget who the receiver was. But just, again, putting another, even though we didn't get maybe the sample size we wanted in this second game, putting another brick on the foundation really taking a step forward and not a step backwards. And that's, again, all we're asking for. And the more steps he can take forward without, um, I don't know, being knocked back mentally, because you can be fragile as a rookie quarterback. Absolutely. Maybe that's why they're holding him back, because you don't want to put him in a situation where he can begin to fail, and then you get the slippery slope the other way. Let him put down one brick at a time. You know, Joe, you're, you're great at the right, Go ahead, finish, yeah, finish go, your no, talk. No, no, no. I was going to say, but have the right guy in front of him. I was going to say, get, get Glennon out of town. I going to say, you've been very good at these <laughs> transitions and segues. I'm going to I'm gonna use one here. Speaking of taking steps forward, uh-huh. that, that, I don't laugh. This is a serious one. <laughs> yeah, but just the way you said it. Go ahead. I was proud of myself. Speaking, Speaking of taking steps forward, Leonard Floyd looks like he's, he's getting ready to take a big yeah. step forward. The, the last night, uh, sorry, not last night, it was Saturday night, he looked like, he looks like he's put on about 10 to 15 pounds of lean muscle. He hasn't lost a step in speed. He looks really good rushing off that edge. Yeah, and he's he gives you options out there too. I didn't watch um I didn't watch the game live. I just I saw We'll get uh, to we'll other. get to why. I, I had some coverage on Saturday, but um we were I was watching the replay of it and I noticed a couple times, you know, he is that violent edge rusher that almost I hate to compare him to him because he had such a fall from grace, but Alden Smith type where mm-hmm. you can drop him into the flat, he'll cover anyone out there too. He's coming to form into one of these guys that you can expect to be a cornerstone of the defense. Because we haven't had that in a few years, you know? After after the Erlacher Briggs diaspora, uh, who did we look to? Wait, as... wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Yes. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> what? what? Diaspora? diaspora? I'm going to need that's, a de- This isn't spelling bee week, Joe. That's actually a religious illusion there. The diaspora is when a group of people were were led out of their native land. Okay, when did um, you look that up and decide that? When did you go on I, Google synonym, you know, on the, Matt, the, the online, the, 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 
Matt, I got, a gang, I got a gang of this shit, okay? I, words, Joe, we don't have are, the explicit tag yet. Be careful. Words are, words are my business, Still, okay? There's no yeah. way you knew what diaspora was going into Di- the you just You just messed it up 10 seconds later. It's diaspora. <laughs> diaspora. But after, after Erlacher Briggs, that whole guard, left Chicago, there was no one to look to. I know we kind of wanted Danny Trevathan to become that, and that never came to fruition. Um, we were super hyped off Houston and then he blows his knee out celebrating. So we've been looking for an identity and, and that, that defense has always been the identity of Chicago bears football. And we haven't had a face for them yet. Maybe Leonard Houston could be that guy. Leonard Houston. Or the Leonard Floyd. Pardon you me. can I, give me diaspora, but you, can't you take Leonard right. Houston. Yeah, you, uh, but yeah, I, I think you're right. And if you, the one, I guess constant in all these great defenses that we see, you know, in the NFL nowadays is there's always that elite edge rusher. And I, I think you're starting to see Leonard Floyd take steps towards, you know, being that. And I think you need that in any great defense in the NFL today. And I think you're starting to see why the bear, what the bears saw in him when they traded up to take him at number nine, a couple of years ago, I will admit I was yeah. the first one to say, I hate this pick. I, I knew Laramie Tunsil had been, you know, on that free fall, it looked yeah. like a project, you yeah. know. It looked like I, a guy who wasn't even close him. to ready. But I guess you mentioned Alden Smith, and Alden Smith's a guy that Vic Fangio knows and his coach very, you know, mm-hmm. knows very well. Coached him in San Francisco, and I'm, I'm guessing they they saw that in him. And yeah, the, the fact that he was able to play, you know, everywhere in college, you know, middle linebacker and all that stuff, outside linebacker, shows that he is a, he capable of doing all those things. He's capable of rushing the passer, but he's he's very trustworthy, dropping into you know shallow coverage as well. Yeah, it's. Uh... It's a notch in pace. It's starting to look like a notch in pace's belt and not another mistake. Another along, along person the who seems to be looking like a notch in pace's belt. Look at me. I'm, uh-huh. I'm on fire here with these transitions. Yeah, those are, these transitions are just keeping us rolling, man. I love it. Tariq Cohen stepped up big time in, in, the, in the Jordan Howard absence. I don't know his numbers off the top of my head. I just kind of know from the eye test from what I saw mm-hmm. in those first, you know, the first half, whatever it was. He looked really, really good you know, cutting through holes. He, he's so small getting the ball behind the line. He can kind of hide his, hide his way and find his way through uh, you know, smaller holes as well. And he doesn't really go down for a small guy in the first tackle. He's really, really good at slipping out of the first, second tackle and, and gaining, you know, an extra two or three yards a pop. Yeah, I know we talked about, um, you know, that, that elusiveness and that kind of sneaky power in such a small frame last week. I, I wanted to talk about Tariq Cohen and not to go negative here again, but I'm not loving the between the tackles approach that they're taking with him because his shelf life is going to be so short if that's the way you run Tariq Cohen. It's it's only going to take a few ugly hits from linebackers twice his size to really shorten this kid's career or put him out for an extended amount of time. Durability at five six is not a real thing, you know. There's there's going to come a time where we're saying you got to really look at how you're using this guy if you want him to be a part of the plan for more than three two three years. If you want this draft pick to last, I have liked the way that he has run the ball between the tackles. But it almost seems like we're waiting, 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 and there's going to be a car accident in there at some point that's, that's not going to end up in Tariq Cohen's favor. That's fair. Um, the one thing, I, I just I want to my, see them I want to see them spread him out, give him the ball in space. I my counter to that will be he this week was the number one running back on the depth mm-hmm. chart, so I think they more so wanted to run their, you know, go through with their game plan, the things they wanted to see done. As if Howard was still back there. Back there. Yeah, because Howard's gonna. Howard had a scratch on his eye. It's not like he's, a, you know, out long term. He's gonna be back uh, when the season rolls around. So they want to no, get everybody. He, no, 
he's gonna have to be careful. No eclipse for Howard today. No, he better know? not look at that. No eclipse for Howard. <laughs> I don't know how you scratch your eye with a visor on your helmet, but that's a different story. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think game. that was a more of game. just wanting to run their offense, <laughs> to, not really caring who was back there. Um, yeah. Cohen just happened to be the guy back there. I don't think you're going to see him running in between the tackles regularly. I think yeah. he's going to be that change of pace back you talked about. Wanting to get see him on get the, the move, get him outside. Yeah. Um, Kadeem Carey, though, is, is a guy who you know probably going to be their third running back who looked pretty good running in between the tackles. And I think he's kind of making Jeremy Langford a little bit expendable. Uh, I'd be, yeah. I think I'd be worried if I was Jeremy Langford. A year year ago this time, he was kind of being crowned the next Matt Forte in Chicago, and now he's he's looking at a possible cut. And, Matt, this is a benefit. While it might not be the best situation for him, this is the best situation for the Bears. To, be able, to have to choose from a stable of running backs, to have to figure out who we want to get the ball to, how we want to get the ball to them, that's a that's a good problem to have. It's not a bad problem to have. And like you said, guys that we were holding in a high regard just a year ago. So you know, even with Langford, that that talent level is still in there somewhere if you do want to keep him or if you can get something for him. or It's another asset. And to have assets to have assets at running back, Matt, wait, can you save your music? Sorry, no, that was my for... phone. That was my phone. I didn't have it on. I... Oh, You're all man. good. Who's calling? You're all good. You're a popular kid. I don't. It's, it's an unidentified number. I don't know who this is. Mm-mm. Federal, federal. Um, Matt, before we move on off of Bears here, one question for you. Um, speaking of faces of the Bears, how Ooh. concerned are we about Kyle Long's ankle situation readiness to play? I'm. I'm, I'm starting to get really concerned. I can't tell if this is just them. Saying, hey, you know, we're just taking this really easy. We know what you can do, and, and camp doesn't really help you all that much. Uh, I'm, I guess I'm hopeful that's the case, but I'd be lying if I said I wasn't pretty concerned, especially after signing that big deal. Um, he seems like a guy who just has, tr- for whatever reason, has trouble staying healthy. Yeah. Though I, I don't know off the top of my head, I can probably look it up how many games he's played in the last few years. It seems like he's usually there in the regular season for the most part, but if, if mm-hmm. he's not ever healthy, it's it's not going to be good for the Bears. When he is healthy, that I think they have the best guard tandem possibly in the NFL with Josh sitting on the other side, but I, I don't know. It just seems like it's it's something different every year, every week even with that's, Kyle, and that, that's, that's, what, that's what bothers me. me. It's, not like yes. it's, it's not like it's the same shoulder every time, because you know what? If you have a bad right shoulder throughout your career, it sucks, but you can deal with that. If it's a shoulder this week, an ankle next, a hip after that, yeah, that 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 worries me a little bit. When those things start to compound, especially in the trenches, Again, we're talking about shortened careers, not just inability to be on the field week to week. Yeah. Yeah. So we're hoping for the best out of Kyle Long. Matt, as I said, I was unable to watch the uh, Bears' second preseason game live. Did get caught up to it. Um, While your eyes were there, the eyes of the sporting world were fixed squarely on Lincoln, Nebraska. And I don't get to say that that often. Saturday, we had uh, a World Boxing Championship here in Lincoln, Nebraska at Pinnacle Bank Arena, a unification fight between Terrence Bud Crawford, an Omaha native, so kind of a home game there for Crawford. He was 31-0 coming in into the matchup, uh, taking on Julius Ndongo, who was 22-0 coming into the matchup. Uh, junior welterweight division, these guys are 140 pounds. I got to cover the fight. I was ringside for the fight, after the fight, and I have a new respect for just boxers in general because 
The entire undercard was amazing. We saw three knockouts on the undercard and then a knockout in the main event. Um, it was truly, uh, it was a toast of the boxing world. And I think Lincoln did a great job of flexing its muscles as a, as a sporting community. It, it was really cool to see here because I had never seen, I've seen some cool stuff in Pinnacle Bank Arena. I had never seen the place explode the way it did when Bud Crawford knocked out Indongo. It was, um, it was really special. Yeah, I didn't get to watch the fight because, like I said, I was I was uh, had my eyes squared up on the Bears game, but I did watch a like you said, I, I can watch the highlights in only about six minutes if I wanted to. So I checked those yeah. out this morning a little bit, and that knockout was a uh, you don't usually see a knockout on a body shot, and he, body he shot. really really connected that, that one. Now I was I was in the second row, uh, sitting behind the ESPN broadcast, uh, Teddy Atlas, Joe Tessitore, right in front of me, and I What's was right Teddy behind Atlas them. Atlas like? Um, he, he, that it's not a put on, like he is a boxing guy. I walked by him. He was talking to Tessator and you could hear the way he was just, he's full on like hundred miles an hour. Um, didn't get a chance to say hello, but the knockout happened right in our corner. And I swear to you, when he hit this guy in the stomach, it sounded like what I imagine a man being hit in the stomach with a baseball. That would sound <laughs> like. It was, it, it was amazing because like, he knocked down Indongo in the second round, so the crowd was already kind of buzzing. And as if they knew it was coming in the third round, like a, a hush came over the crowd. You heard the pop, and then the place exploded. It was, it was something that I had never seen before. It was a new sporting spectacle for me, and um, it, it was a really cool experience to, to be uh, a part of the mix there. So you, you know me, Matt. I try and make the most out of every situation. So That's what I love when, about you. When the knockdown or the knockout happens, um, Crawford's entire entourage that was sitting ringside on the other side, there was a media side and then there was kind of the, the reserved side and then, and then seating on the other two sides. Um, we, the entire entourage jumps over the ropes and, you know, I'm sitting there. I want to get a couple of good pictures for our web story back at work, this, that and the other. So I walk up the stairs on the side of the ring, something that I'm probably not supposed to be doing, that, no. the, that the card girls were using to get, like the round girls were using to get in and out of the ring. So I walk up the stairs, flipping a couple pictures, and the security guard that's watching the ropes is standing right next to me. I take a couple pictures, I stop, I turn and look at him. He makes eye contact with me, lifts up the rope and just gives me the nod and goes, go ahead. So I find myself under the ropes after the fight amongst boxing promoters and Bud Crawford's team. It, it, was, it was quite the experience. So we had a good time on Saturday here in Lincoln. I was going to ask what the full process is of getting up into the ring, but you actually did a great job of explaining that. Yeah, no, you're, you're not supposed to do that is what I'm told. But, well, um, you did. So. I was waiting for someone to tell me no. That, that's, you're going to have to tell me no in that situation. That's but uh, really cool, and it was, it was great for, for, the, for the Nebraska crowd here. He came out to the Nebraska fight song. He had a customized Husker jersey on. So it was really a Nebraska-centric night, and uh, they got the fireworks that they wanted. So a, a great night and uh, a little bit of boxing history to kind of background it here. Um, both of these guys had two belts at the 140-pound weight class. Uh, the WBO, the WBC, the IBF, and the WBA are the four different boxing uh, belts you can hold. So each of them held two. It was a unification fight. Crawford now holds all four. It's the first time in since... 2006 and first time in 12 years that one boxer at any weight class has held all the bites so all the belts so some some boxing history here in Lincoln the other night Joe I wish I could comment more on this for you because that's all you got uh, all I got was that knockout was really really cool <laughs> yeah it was um, uh, it, it looked like a great event like I 
you said the crowd was electric. From what I can just see from you know the video, the clips I was watching online, the the crowd did seem like it was very much into it. And I would imagine that second round knockdown, like you said, probably got them buzzing a little bit more and, and only fueled the eruption when the the knockout happened in round three. Yeah, it was it was good stuff from the hometown kid. Uh, they were billing it as the third biggest fight of the summer. Uh, Triple G Canelo is very highly touted. And then obviously we have it coming here. We're inside a week now for Mayweather McGregor, the sideshow that is. Um, they're actually going to fight. We're done talking. We're done with press tours. We're done with both of them making fools of themselves. Um, they're actually going to fight on Saturday, Matt. Um, is it bad that I'm kind of disappointed that they're done talking? No. I, 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 yes, it is bad. I, I need them to be done talking because it's just gotten – they're just spinning the wheels at this point And – I don't know what to expect this Saturday. I'm going to watch it. Um, I'm going to be at a bachelor party where it's already been purchased. So oh, how about I'm gonna that? Pitch, I'm going to pitch in whatever money I need to here, and, and that's going to be that. But uh, what um, you taking? Are you going to sweeten the action here a little bit? You, you got any bets you're going to make? Of course, or, I'm actually while while you, you were talking away. there, I want. Of course, I'm going to throw. While you were talking, I was I was trying to open up the uh, the odds here. See what. Um, see what each fighter's going off at. I think last I saw Mayweather's down to like only minus 400 or minus 350, yeah, which isn't the, great. But at the, the same normal, time, I feel like that's, I feel like that's too good to not take. Cause he's probably yeah. going to win this fight in like two rounds. If he wants to. in my eyes at this point, if you didn't bet the normal line early on, I'm going to super suede one way or the other. You almost want to go prop at this point. I, uh, let's see McGregor's plus three twenty five. Mayweather minus four fifty. over under I, is nine and a half rounds. I put a little, uh, I put a little taste um, on McGregor first round knockout because that pays crazy. Um, and then I took uh, Mayweather in a decision, so going the distance. Okay. I don't know, I don't know if he's got the hands to knock out McGregor, who's just towers over Mayweather. He's just a much bigger person, so I don't know if that propensity for a knockout, even if Floyd tunes him up for twelve rounds, I don't know if. If McGregor's going to go down, McGregor be, wins in round one. Joe's going off at plus thirty-seven fifty. That's not a bad yeah. value bet for what you're. So, for what you're so saying. I'm looking. I'm looking for a home run from McGregor round one, or uh, or Mayweather in the distance because I think that that McGregor, if he wants to, you know, position himself to stay in the boxing world, which is a whole other conversation. But if he wants to keep making boxing checks, he's got to go gotta, the distance. He's got to go the distance here. So it might yeah. be kind of his rocky moment to where he doesn't win, but. He, he, he made it. He survived what people consider to be one of the best pound-for-pound pound fighters of all time. Over nine and a half rounds going off at plus 122. I kind of like that. Yeah. I kind of I, I kind of like that a lot. Now, here, here's my question. If it goes – rounds are timed. So it's yes. a three-minute round. If it goes over a minute 30 into the ninth round, does that count for the over? See, I don't know. That's isn't that nine, that's a good question. Or do you have right? to get? Do you have to get? Or do I have to get round? to pass nine rounds? Because technically, yeah. if it's nine and a half rounds, one thirty in the ninth round is nine and a half. Matt, we're gonna have to put in a call to uh, our friends in the desert and have gotta, to get that. Do we got a guy? Out. Um, no, but we could get a guy. Let's get a guy. I could get you a toe. You need okay. a toe. I need a toe. I could get you a toe. <laughs> uh, well, that's, no, okay, I'm that's, looking forward to it. like it. it yeah. At the very least, the the inter, the introduction should be pretty fun. The ring walk should be pretty fun. Uh, you I'm, took I'm the hoping, words out of my mouth, man. I'm hoping because... Mayweather doesn't dance around too much and we get a little bit of action. But uh, we're we're gonna order it. Um, I think my my brother and my cousin are, uh, are gonna nice. order the fight. Bring the TV up to their rooftop, and uh, we're probably gonna Beautiful. watch it up there. Um, 
going to watch it. What, I think I have to. What I learned this weekend is that, you know, it's not always about the fight. It, the fight, this Indongo Crawford fight lasted six and a half minutes. Yes, it ended by knockout, but uh, definitely a, uh, you know, if you, if you paid to sit ringside and you only showed up for the final fight, maybe you feel like you got shortchanged a little bit. But boxing, what I learned this weekend is so much about the spectacle. And it's so much about the buildup and the lead up and, um, and don't sleep on the undercard either because I, we saw some great stuff on the undercard here in Lincoln. I don't know who's on the undercard here Couldn't for tell Mayweather you. McGregor, but uh, it, it should be another fun weekend of fights. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think so. I mean, I, I love watching the undercard. I think it's probably the third time I've ordered you know, a Mayweather fight, a big-time Mayweather fight. And I, every, you know, every time I do it, I end up watching the undercard with two fighters I don't know at all in each fight. Mm-hmm. But I usually end up having a good time watching that. And I kind of realize how much I actually like boxing. Yeah. Well, Matt, um, speaking of fighting, a team fighting for their playoff lives. So is this what it's going to be? Is this what we're going to do the whole time? <laughs> you're trying to one-up we're just gonna, me. We're just going to make fun you're of me the whole time in my transitioning <laughs> skills? No, you're good. Uh, but let's talk some Cubs here, Matt. Uh, really nothing to talk on the south side right now. Um, we'll, we'll touch on, touch on the, uh, the south side hitmen in uh, a little bit of buy or sell. But let's talk Cubs right now. They sweep the Jays this weekend. A little bit fortunate yesterday after a throwing error. They get it done. Uh, a fun fact I want to lead us off here with that I saw. They are the first team this season to win a game after trailing by multiple runs in extra innings. Teams were 0-50 until yesterday after trailing by more than one run in extras. That's so, kind of surprising. Yeah. That, a little uh, bit surprising. Uh, I thought that was notable. But uh, Cubbies, again, it seems like each weekend we come back here, they look like a different team. They want to be a different team. They're two games clear now. A week ago, they were, I believe, a half game back when we were sitting down talking. So it's now, a constant jostling back and forth, but... You saw Again, the end of the game last night? Or did, yesterday, um, I, did you? I saw the highlight of it. So you saw the slide? It was on WGN. I saw the slide, a just a I, phenomenal pop-up slide. I hate <laughs> how much I love it. I want I to find something I hate He's, about it. I want Javi's, to rip it. Javi's a blast. Javi's I, an absolute blast. I love Javi Baez and just about every everything about him except for the fact that he plays for the Cubs. I really want to love him. I love that slide. It was just the definition of swag. <laughs> it was It was just awesome. It, was, he, it was a close play, but he just knew he was safe. Yeah, and uh, it really seems like while, while they are struggling to find their identity, especially on the pitching staff or in that bullpen, they scored 17 runs over the weekend, and uh, that might be the way they have to get it done this year. It's going to have to be the way they get it done because the bullpen is shaky at best, and now your starting rotation comes into question who's going to be there, who's not going to be there. I mean, yeah, the bullpen really only has the one reliable arm at this point. Koji Uihara came off the DL, I think it was yesterday or this weekend pitch yesterday, was just awful. Yeah. Um, Carl Edwards Jr., you can't really rely on anymore for whatever reason. He mentally seems to be out of it a little bit. Uh, after Wade Davis, there's, there's really just nobody to trust. Now Lester going down. I mean, mm-hmm. Luckily for them, it's only going to be one or two starts after that Sun-Times report that it was going to be the rest of the regular season, which I think if it was the rest of the regular season. The Cubs are no longer the favorites in that division. But like you said, they're going to need the offense to step up with the pitching having been – really, with the exception of Arietta, the pitching's been uh, up Pretty and down. Dismal. That offense, it seems like it's a new guy every week, every day. Contreras goes down, then Baez starts hitting. I think in August he's hitting close to 300 with seven home runs. Um, that's just what they're going to have to do, but they're deep enough to probably do that if they, they all can stay relatively healthy. I think that offense in that lineup is deep enough to have someone else do it 
you know, every week, every month, whatever it is. Yeah, and we know as White Sox fans that um, a lat injury, even with time off, might never be the end of that saga. Having seen Jake Peavy deal with that and kind of essentially close his career out on that note, not saying that that's going to be the issue, but anytime you hear lat on a pitcher, not good. That's, yeah, that's not your day to day elbow. That's not your uh, blister on a finger. This is definitely something that needs to be monitored closely with Lester. But like you said, glad to hear that it's only going to be a couple starts. Um, the bats coming alive, getting there. And as you said, different guy each week doing it without Contreras who could have arguably been in the NL MVP conversation, the way he was going along, if he would have kept that, that kind of pace going, but a team that's keeping their pace going is the Milwaukee Brewers. They have not fallen off just last week. We're talking about it being a race between the Cardinals and the Cubs. And now the Brewers are in second place again. So, They've surprised me. They have been a team that has kept pace and really pushed the pace, uh, nipping at the heels of the Cubs here. Yeah, you just like the Cubs, how you expect them to you know, eventually take off and kind of run away with this thing. You keep expecting the Brewers to taper off and yeah, just kind of let back. this go away, and they just refuse to quit. I mean, the, we talked about the Cubs having a great week, and I, they're, they're starting to not get much separation but maintain that top of the – division because they're getting kind of the easier part of their schedule I think it's what now after they've done played Cincinnati and, and Toronto I think 18 their next 18 are against teams under 500 whereas the Brewers are kind of starting next, to, yeah. the, the tough part of their schedule and five the Brewers, consecutive five the, consecutive series all the Brewers did five, was yeah. just go into Colorado and take two out of three at Coors Field from yeah one of the best teams in the National League I know they're a wild card team because of the Dodgers right now but the Rockies are one of the better teams in the National League. the uh the quality of win is definitely coming at a different uh, different ways there yeah but and you, you can only play your schedule the, the Cubs have no exactly played, I mean they, the Cubs have the Cubs played had their tough the hard parts of schedule. Their schedule they're all playing yeah. the same teams in that division but it's just it's it's interesting to see the Brewers and could have had a perfectly good excuse to go into you know Colorado and get swept and you have the Cubs sweep Toronto but like, well you know we gave it a good run. We went into a hot team and a great, you know, in a tough park to win at, and then got swept and fell off. But they just they won it, went in, won two out of three. They got Chase Anderson back into the that rotation, who's been kind of their ace this year until he got hurt. So that's mm-hmm. a that's a big, not acquisition, but you know, it's almost like picking up another piece at the trade deadline. Uh, we're gonna close up close up Cubs here on a sabermetrics moment. Five thirty eight statistics has their playoff probability at eighty two percent right now. Wow. What that means, I don't know. It means nothing. But uh, it means absolutely nothing. But it seems that uh, when you throw all the numbers into the into calculator the and you spin them up, uh, it seems like the Cubs are in good shape right now. As well, you said, I think like we like we've said from day one this year when they've been struggling out of the gate a little bit. I think we've all said we're not terribly worried about them making the playoffs. It's what we're worried we're worried about what they can do when they get there. Yeah, and time will only tell, Matt. Uh, I had a good week, as I said. Fun weekend. Uh, you got a grievance for us? I do. All right. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. You can't handle the truth. Boy, have you lost your mind, because I'll help you find it. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right, my grievance comes from the White Sox-Rangers game yesterday. 
Um, okay. Shout out to the White Sox first, taking two out of three in Texas. <laughs> uh, I think it was Friday night when they beat uh, the, the Nicky Delmonico game, we'll call it. The, the two home runs, one of which was inside the park. I don't think I've ever heard Hawk more excited in 10 years calling a White Sox game. Can I interject just for a moment? Sure. I'm tired of Hawk, and I'm a, oh, I shut love up, Hawk. Shut up, shut up, I love shut Hawk up. Harrelson. I'm a Hawk Harrelson. Yo, I'm politics. switching my grievance to you. Fine. You're my new grievance. Fine, but if you're and not tired of Hawk yet, Hawk. I will never if be you're tired not of tired of Hawk yet, you have Stockholm Syndrome. I'm you know, never tired of Hawk. He is, he's a little too much. And the I man think is a it's, treasure. He's a treasure, but it's also being able to listen to games with Benetti now, who's Phenomenal. It's a different and experience. It's, it's a different, different experience. experience. Nothing one better than the other. All I'm saying is I'm starting to lean one way rather than the other. Go on with your grievance. I'll Matt. never I stop apologize. smiling when I hear Hawk Harrelson call a baseball game. <laughs> right. Um, you, you threw me off, Joe. I'm sorry. Uh, it had to be said. But if you watch the game, you saw Joey Gallo and Matt Bush have a little bit of a nasty collision. Joey Gallo went down, uh, broke his nose, I believe it was. Uh, and he's going to be out for, I'm sure, a couple weeks. Uh, but but my grievance is with Matt Bush because Joe, you played baseball too in high school, and that granted you were in the outfield, so I'm not sure your familiarity with protocol on those infield pop ups in the in, pop ups in the infield. But that's never the pitcher's ball. Yeah, pop ups in the infield, the pitcher points to it. It is never the pitcher's ball pitcher for reasons like this. Because a don't let you don't want the pitcher coming off the mound to go make a play. But that that that's just known. The pitcher has to know that, and he didn't. He tried to go get a ball that wasn't his, ran into the, arguably the Rangers. I know his average is only about 200. He's got 35 home runs. Just knocked out their best, one of their best power bats in the lineup for probably the rest of the pennant race, if not a couple of weeks, and might take them out of a, a second wild card bid, second wild card race. So that, that's my grievance is just the lack of awareness from Matt Bush on the mound there. That's, that's day one Little League stuff you learn that the pitcher is never responsible. For infield infield pop ups, and, and I, because of that lack of awareness, he got his team hurt. He got a player on player on his team hurt, and arguably just took his team out of a wild card race. Yeah, I think every pitcher at the professional level knows that too. But sometimes you have those moments where it's your forget it, your screw it moment. This is my ball, and you know you do end up getting in the way of something. It's you different though if that's like a shortstop and a center fielder going at a ball. Yes, completely. Center, or, you completely. Know, even even a left fielder and a center fielder going at it, even though that's always the center fielder's ball, sometimes the left fielder takes that. It's literally never the pitcher's ball. He's been yeah. pitching long enough to know that even when instinct kicks in, that's not his ball. Yeah. Sorry. And, uh, I know, that, that, that's no. a weak grievance. It might be a small grievance, but that just I, that saw me. I, that. That bothers me because if I'm on that team and I'm Joey Gallo, I'm a little bit pissed off. Yeah, you start uh, you start getting into those unwritten rules that they always talk about in baseball. That's not an unwritten rule, Joe. It's no, but I'm saying that the uh, you know the reaction from another team could start to to toe the line of an unwritten rule. Fair I don't know if the Sox get to see them anymore. I, I doubt they do for the rest of the season. I don't think so. I think yeah. they both played their series. That could have been a uh, an ongoing saga. What's the point I was trying to make? Big, but Matt, um, big on I ongoing see, sagas. I see your grievance, and I raise you a buy or sell. Oh, um, uh, I have a, I have a I have a socks one here for you. So so I'll kick things off. Buy or sell, Matt. The Sox finished the season with the worst record in baseball. They are currently two and a half games clear of the Philadelphia Phillies. I mean, I'm going to buy. I mean, they're yeah. I I they're just terrible, and that's good. That's that's very good. We want them <laughs> to be terrible. That's right. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm going to buy their rotation stinks. They might even trade Miguel Gonzalez out of it. Um, their lineup has, you know, maybe two 
major league hitters in it at this point, three major league hitters in it. The rest are guys who are probably not going to be here in a couple of years. Um, they've traded all their pieces like they should, and this is what it should be. They're they're awful. They should be awful. I don't think there's anybody worse than they are. And that bullpen doesn't help because that bullpen went from being one of the better bullpens in baseball to having Juan Manaya close out ball games for them. So yeah, they're they're not good. Their bullpen is god awful. So even when they go into these late games with you know games late with leads, they're probably going to blow them because that's what they've done. Which is good. Yeah. Again, I want to see that. This isn't bitter. This is happy that they're this bad. Yeah. So um, buy it. How about you? Are you going to buy or sell that one? I'll buy it just because, you know, the direction things are trending. It's They're at like a 20% win rate right now. They're taking two of every 10 for the I last. I say they like, started like the all-star break, like seven games out of being the worst team in baseball. Yeah. And now they have, what, two and a half game leagues? Yeah, just because the, the decline has... Um, it's been has happened at such a rapid rate, and it can it can only be expected, as you said, when you're selling this hard. But uh, I am going to buy that they also finish the worst team in baseball record wise. But when when they climb the mountain, it'll just uh, make the ascent look that that much more glorious. I agree. Twenty twenty World Series champs. <laughs> uh, right. Switching up. Speaking of climbing the climb, making the ascent more glorious. Notre Dame mm-hmm. football has been in the uh, the gutter. The la- not the gutter. Last year they were in the gutter, but hasn't quite been where they need to be since going to that national championship in twenty twelve. Uh, Brian Kelly last week in an article blamed uh, fundraising for a new uh, athletic facility to be the reason why Notre Dame wasn't as good last year. Said he was uh, very distracted and preoccupied with fundraising for Notre Dame football because mm-hmm. that's that's the one area yeah. that's the one program that really issues. needs to go out and get get more money because that's that's oh god, oh god. <laughs> um so another <coughs> odd misstep uh, in the odd tough to read tenure of Brian Kelly at Notre Dame but buy or sell Brian Kelly needs 10 wins this year to save his job that's a big number um, it is a big number but I'm gonna so is so is eight losses yeah, I'm going to sell it just because you get not eight or nine wins. Quality of wins um, might you know, hold this water a little longer, might give him a little longer shelf life. But it is win-now time for Brian Kelly because, as you said, there's been weird storylines every other year. It seems like it's something, some much more serious than others. But uh, you don't want to hear a coach making excuses like that. You don't want to hear a coach – even even talking about those types of things. So it doesn't strike me that the program is headed in the right direction with Brian Kelly. And when, when your boosters, when you start making boosters and donors the adversaries... Not what then, you're looking for. Then you start putting your job in jeopardy. You then know, you make not, enemies of the people who are paying your salary. That's it, It's just not a smart move. It's not a strategic move by Brian Kelly. If he, can, I understand what he's saying. He wants to have his focus on the football field. This making these types of comments isn't going to help you do that, pal. So he needs to really just lock in on, like you said, getting to that 10 win mark and keeping his ass off the hot seat because it's, it's getting warmer. Now, to combat this a little bit, what is the marketplace for top-tier coaches? Because I don't see Notre Dame bringing in a mid-major guy. I don't see, I no. don't see them bringing in, an, uh, you know... A non-FBS guy or a FBS guy. Like I don't see them bringing in a unproven coach. I guess you're only the first name that comes to mind right now when you talk about coaching vacancies is Les Miles. Yeah. And does does Les Miles really even want to coach anymore? I'm sure he does, but I'm does sure he, he does. 
he's, he's a football guy. How old is Les Miles? Late sixties, early seventies? I would I would have said early sixties. So he's 60s, still got he's still got a up. stint with one team. So there are coaches out there, I guess, but you got to look at your your opportunity cost. What is it going to cost you to get rid of Brian Kelly and bring on another coach who yeah, might I, not even be the caliber of Brian Kelly? No, but I, I don't. I think we know what Brian Kelly is. I think Brian Kelly was a very very good A to B coach. He got Notre Dame from being mired in mediocrity, to steal a phrase from Rick Hahn, to back into the national spotlight. I know last year was a disaster at four and eight, but for the most part in Kelly's tenure, they've, I mean, they were a game away from a national championship. Granted, they got blown out by Alabama, and then they were, you know, a missed two point conversion away against Clemson from a college football playoff bid. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it's it's tough to gauge where they are, but I think he's an A to B coach who's kind of gotten them back into you know relevancy and yeah. I think it might be time to go get that I don't know who it is and if he's not out there then maybe hold on for Brian Kelly if you don't think he is but they need to go find that coach to get them over the next hump. yeah because it's being Notre Dame fans we've never seen I mean we've seen winning we've seen a lot of eight win seasons but having not seen that championship you only get so long of a leash he yeah. got to the championship but there was such a blowout that it was almost like it never occurred. Like it was something that you wanted to suppress memory wise. And then a couple of years ago against Clemson, when you, when you're, you're on the precipice, it still didn't happen. It needs to happen for someone. And you can't have, like you said, an eight loss season followed by another sub 500 season. It's just not, it's not okay. It's not acceptable as the head coach of Notre Dame. It never has been. And I don't think it ever will be. No, and I, I'm fine with if Brian Kelly wanted to, you know, blame last year's mishaps or whatever on him and say, you know, that's on me. But the fact that he, you know, came up with specific excuses and all that just made it look like he was trying to find another scapegoat. If yeah. you want to take the attention off the players and you know, take the attention off the players going into this year, especially, say, yeah, you know, I didn't do my best coaching job for you know a couple different reasons. We're not going to get into that, but it's on me. We're going into this year. I'm going to be my best self, and we're going to see what happens. That that's fine. Nobody's going to say anything about it. But the fact that he goes out and pinpoints specific problems with, well, I had to do fundraising for this new building. Yeah, like not that, what you want to just, hear. That's bull. Yeah. That's a bunch of bull. Not what you want to hear. Matt will have plenty of time to break down Notre Dame. Sorry. I'm sure Sorry, as the I'm season passionate. goes on. No, we both we both uh, dig our heels in when it comes to the Irish. So yeah, um, we will uh, we will talk further on that on further podcasts. We're going to switch it back here. Buy or sell. We're going to get back to the NFL. Buy or sell, very simply put, take it how you want it, Matt Ryan. Buy or sell as a fantasy quarterback. Buy or sell his psyche. Buy or sell Matt Ryan this season. I'm going to buy him. Uh, Is it too much to overcome? No, I don't think so. He's overcome a bunch in the past. Um, Didn't they blow a 21-0 lead to the Niners in an NFC championship game a few years ago or the Mm -hmm. playoffs? I'm going to buy it. He's, He's gone through a lot of crap in his career to say the least uh I, I i'm okay with him i think he's going to be just fine i think he's going to bounce back i think the bigger issue is they don't have that offensive coordinator in kyle shanahan last year who knew matt ryan so well knew that offense so well and that might be a tough transition i think that might be the bigger storyline i could mm-hmm. be totally wrong but i'm really not all that worried about matt ryan specifically because he has one of the best running backs in the NFL around him. I think the best receiver in the NFL around him. Uh, he's got he's got weapons, so I, I'm not too worried about him. I'm going to buy Matt Ryan. Yeah, the tools are there, like you said. It, it's I think the first four games are very important for the Falcons. Well, they're going to get they're going to lose Week One. You can mark that down as an L. 
Yeah. Um, but after that, I think I think he's going to really take off. Yeah. And yeah. he has he's been a Fair. guy where if you can get him, he's been a guy where if you can get him in the I don't know whatever round, if you can get him in your fantasy draft, he's 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 going to put up whether, numbers. Exactly. Whether or not they're winning or losing, Matt Ryan's production seems to be a constant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't I don't know what his numbers were in that Super Bowl, but uh, he he's always gotten it done, and uh, it's just a matter of if they can get the ball turned back in the right direction. Because as you said. Roster wise, on paper, they are one of the best teams in the NFL still. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you. All right, All right so we got? mine's going to be equally simple here, Joe. You buying or selling the eclipse that's going to happen apparently today? Hi, Doctor, have you ever seen an eclipse? Yeah, I've seen many, yes. You know, if you stare at it head on, it'll burn your eyes out. Well, it's not, not, not best to stare at it, the sun during an eclipse, you know. But it's hard not to. I once took a pair of binoculars and stared at the sun for over an hour. I'll, I'll buy the eclipse, but I'm selling on the hype. Um, okay, so you're buying the fact that it will indeed happen. Yes, <laughs> yes. I'm told, my insider sources tell me, that the eclipse will occur, and I can pinpoint it right around 11.45. That's Ooh. how good my intel is on the eclipse. But, you got uh, sources. I got sources. I got eclipse sources. But it should be, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be. Just the historic nature of the event, the fact that it hasn't happened in hundreds of years and that we're going to be able to see it. And Well, and you can't fa- see it because you shouldn't look directly at it. I got my glasses. I, got I did. Debbie Musso, Debbie Musso sent me my glasses. And uh, speaking of Debbie Musso, a shout-out to, to my mother here. Uh, you're, I'm told that you're going in for your first Debbie Musso quality haircut. Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday afternoon. All right. Well, well, pressure's on Deb right now. Um, I'm sure she'll do a great job. I have a lot of hair right now. Yeah. I haven't She's cut got, it since like you're February. A, you're a blank canvas. Yeah. So she, I'm, I'm just gonna, you know, just let, you know, just let her go. From from someone that that has dealt with her in the past, it's an open dialogue. You tell her what you want. You tell her. Yeah, what you I'm like, going to say like. I want. You're not you, at sport clips, all right? I'm, I'm going to ask is her a, for award winning hair because I've heard she's cut award winning hair. Award winning hair. I like that. Award winning hair. Well, I think I think you'll hair. end up you'll end up with uh, with with some with some Oscar Emmy maybe even Tony quality cut there. Tony, huh? Yeah, I don't know. Broadway. We'll get you on Broadway, man. <laughs> okay, Joe. <laughs> Um, let's get into the mailbag here. We had a couple good ones this week. You said you got a good one for us. So first off, before we get into the mailbag question, a couple weeks ago we talked Game of Thrones on the mailbag. I watched yesterday. It was pretty intense. I didn't watch yesterday. First off, spoilers. If you didn't watch it yet, just turn off the podcast. I don't know. We're we're going to very poorly explain this, but if you haven't watched it yet, listen. The fat, the, I think it's a good time to be Team White Walker. We declared ourselves Team we White Walker it. a couple weeks ago. We called this. I don't want to call us psychics, but we called it. It's a good you time to be Team White Walker. We got ourselves you didn't a drag. see yesterday? I, no, I heard see? about it. Oh, so it's... I didn't get to see it, but like I was on Twitter. I was getting spoilers from everybody. I saw the clip of the throw of the ice Olympic, spear. Olympic-level javelin throwing. The U.S. Olympic team actually tweeted, sent out a tweet saying, how do Did we get in really? touch with the Night King? <laughs> the Night King. Oh, it's all too much. But that was that was yeah. It, it's yeah. a good time to be Team White Walker. All right. Um, well, so Team White Walker is uh, on the up and up. Yeah, to say the least. We're, we're the up and comer. We're the dark horse. I, I, I like where we're at. I like where <laughs> I'm, I'm. I'm the smart money's on us. Very nice. Give us the mailbag question. All right. <laughs> uh, this one comes from our good friend uh, Rob Gallick, who's been a. a He's come up with some good mailbag questions for us over the over the weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, 
summer concert season winding down here, especially in Chicago. I'm not sure what the concert scene is like in Lincoln. But it was, um, it was hot this week. We had, we had Kung Fu Kenny. We had Kendrick Lamar this weekend. And, uh, I didn't Bruno know Mars, that was his nickname. Bruno Mars was a couple weeks ago. Um, I went to the Kendrick concert on Friday. It was an outstanding show. Well, that's good. We're going to go in more concerts here. Talk show. <laughs> Bucket list concert item that you haven't seen yet. Who's the one guy that you or girl or group, whatever, that you want to say you saw in concert live before uh, before you kick the bucket? Um, now, is this speaking of kicking the bucket? Is this dead or alive? Does, does this have to be a current act? You know, if like, the, I, I if if there's somebody dead that you would have loved to see, you can bring that up. But that's not going to be your answer. Your answer okay. needs to be alive. Love, it needs to be real. Would have loved to seen. Would have loved to seen Led Zeppelin play in their prime would have loved to see Hendrix play obviously some, some some amazing historic artists that have passed but alive uh, you know I just said it he was in town here but you can't touch this guy's tickets for like you can't get in the building for less than 250 uh, Bruno Mars is my lifeblood and I have yet to see Bruno Mars my mom has now seen him on both of the last two tours and that's your second Debbie Musso shout out of the podcast um so I'm feeling a little left out. I need to see Bruno Mars in the near future. Okay. Yeah. Staying current with your with your choice. Yeah, you know, it's you know, I've seen I've been lucky enough to to see a lot of great concerts, uh some some great country concerts, some great rap artists and uh when it comes to pop music, there's not many concerts that would draw me to go to a pop okay. concert. And I think you could say that Bruno Mars is pop, but he's, he's pop. pop. He's pop for everyone though. So I uh <laughs> I definitely would like to would like to see Bruno. Well, my mine is um, it's a little bit different. Um, well, first off, already passed on, unfortunately. If, if Michael Jackson were alive, I think that would be yeah. one that I would MJ I would pay just about any amount of money to go see in person live. Mm-hmm. Um, but R.I.P. I think of I, I've narrowed it down to two choices. I can't really predict you know say which one I want. Uh, one is Garth Brooks. Big country guy. I've never seen Garth in person. I've heard just unbelievable things. Uh, he's however old he is now, and he's still killing it. Uh, the other one that might surprise you is Elton John. Elton John. I would absolutely love to see Elton John live in person. Big fan of just about all his music. Um, heard good things about live shows. I think they he did have a show in Vegas too, like with not with Garth, Garth Brooks, but alongside Garth Brooks. I, those, those two are for me one two. I would I need to see one of those guys in person. Beautiful. Um, both good didn't, picks. Di- didn't expect that one, did you? Yeah, that, no, I think both of those kind of came out of the woodwork yeah. out of there, Matt. Where'd um, you think I was going to go? I, you know, something more classic rock for some reason. Like, I don't mind. Like a, I like, like everything. A, like a Rolling Stones reprise or something yeah. like that, perhaps? Be fine, I'd go. I'd do whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, Matt. Well, that was our mailbag question from you said Rob Gallick. Rob, thank you as always for tweeting in and thank you Moose and Runes podcast fans for listening here to the Moose and Runes podcast. We always appreciate your free feedback, your time. Hopefully we make your workday go by a little bit smoother whenever you may be listening. We do appreciate it as always. Matt, you got anything for the people before I shut us down here? Well, I thought we had highlight of the week. Oh, that's what you got for the people. What was your highlight of the week, Matt? My segment, you know, slipped my mind. I, that's why I'm here, Joe. We, we, we both played football. We both forget things. We just keep me in check. One or the other, remembering what we got to do. There you go. Um, my highlight of the week was on the golf course again, but we had a foursome this time, so I couldn't call you. I'm sorry. That's fair. Um, got to play with with the dad and bro- both brothers this weekend up at uh, up at Lost Dunes. It's, it's rare now that uh, the oldest has a kid, 
and uh, I'm working odd hours on weekends and all that. It's rare that the four of us get to uh, go out and play 18 together, but we got to do that this weekend. Um, always fun to do. Uh, like I said, not often that we get to do that anymore. So that was my highlight of the week. Beautiful. A little, uh, little family time out on the golf course with the Roonies. You can't yeah. beat that. A, an absolutely outstanding highlight of the week. My highlight of the week um, – from a personal standpoint, it was obviously Saturday, getting to be ringside there for, uh, for a pretty big moment in boxing history. It was uh, good times, but I'm going to go a different direction here. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying this correctly, but I'm sure everyone's seen it by now. It was all over social media, a catch by a, a Little League player, yep. Jack uh, Regine, I'm going to go with. Jack Regine in uh, sure. the, the junior, I believe it was uh, the Junior League, Little League World yeah. Series. Um, goes flying over the fence to make the catch. And, you know, that's that's something you think about when you see these short fences and you're out there playing maybe 16-inch. Like, could I jump it? Could I go for it? And that kid straight up went for it, made the play. A fantastic highlight he'll have for the rest of his life, and I'm sure that we'll see uh, for, for, the near, for all of this week and maybe a couple weeks to come. So definitely an awesome moment there. Um, really cool, and, and I know we didn't talk about it on the pod today, to go to the Little League World Series um, just, I always enjoy it just to see the kids playing the game and not to be cliche, but you know, it's still about the game at that level and the kids still love it. And you could tell it, uh, just how much of a thrill it is for them to be out there playing in front of cameras and, and a few thousand people. So, uh, some really cool stuff there at the little league world series. I'm actually glad you addressed that. Cause I was debating one of my buy or sell questions being buy or sell the little league world series. And I, well, you Matt, just, you just bought it. bonus, 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 buy or sell. I'm buying the okay. league world series. Okay. <laughs> down, oh, God. All right. I'll shut us down here. Shut it down. Shut it all down. Shut it down. Shut it down. Houston, we have shut down. I've seen enough. Shut it down. Matt, it is always a beautiful time of the year. The leaves start to change. The weather starts to cool off. Breeze starts to come in. It's football season. And when you think about football season, you probably think Saturdays. You probably think college game day. You probably think NFL. You think Sundays on the couch. But I want to focus our attention today on high school football. The Fenwick football season, to make it personal, didn't end the way that any of Friar Nation would have liked it last season. Nonetheless, they are on the return, trying to come back and take what they felt was very much theirs. But this is a nod to high school football players and high school football fans all across the nation. And coaches. Kickoff and coaches. Of course, the coaches, Matt. Um, we thank you guys, the coaches. We thank you guys, the players, because, again, it is when the game is most pure. Kids playing because they love the game. And out here in Nebraska, it's just as big as it is back there in Illinois. I know that it means a lot to all of these small communities. Kickoff is this weekend, and I can't say it enough. We are ready for it. Matt, that's my shut us down of the week. Let's play some football. Fryer up. Fryer up. That's going to do it for the Moose and Runes podcast here in week 17. Thank you, as always, for listening. Click the link. Like. Subscribe. We appreciate you. We hope you appreciate us. We're here to do it for you. We'll talk to you next week. Matt, always a pleasure, pal. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. <laughs> it's a simple question, Doctor. Would you eat the moon if it were made of ribs?